0: Over 10 years ago, I started on a series that I feel is appropriate for this hour, a subject that I believe we all need. I was thinking this morning, Dr. Carrier, that people in our lives will come and they will go. As a matter of fact, they will say things, I'm sure they mean it when they say it, but they forget what they've said. Like, I'll never leave you. I'll always be with you. I've got your back. All that, I'm sure they mean it when they say it, but they forget it so very easily, and I thought... There is one that I want to take hope in today that never forgets what he said. Who is that? Jesus. Because he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never let go of your hand. And his words are everlasting. And when he says a thing, he means that thing. And when he says you're blessed, guess what? You are blessed. When he says you shall prosper, you will prosper. When he says you will live and not die, you will live. And not die. So take hope today. The Lord keeps His word. Say that back to me. The Lord. The Lord. Say it again. I want to take you early this morning. I started looking at some other things as I add on to this. This is going to be a message that grows. It's not a message that I'll try to complete today. It's a message that will probably be completed many moons from now. Because I believe this is the message that will take us into the next generation. In Hebrews the twelfth chapter, verse twenty-five through 27 in the New International Version. Remember what I'm talking about today, that God's word is true, that God will not fail you, that that which he said he would do, he will do and accomplish. Hebrews twelve twenty five: see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth. Now, I want you to hear this. Talking about the voice of God. At that time, the voice shook the earth. But now, he has promised. Once more will I shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. What's he going to shake? Not only the earth, but also the heavens. Verse 27. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. The removing, Floyd, of what can be shaken. Let me say it again. The removing of those things that can be shaken. Shaken. Do you know why they have training camp for, for athletes? They want to find out who can be shaken. You want to know why they have to go through trials? We want to find out who has to be shaken. We not know why when somebody wants to go into the medical field or in, as a lawyer or, or, or any of the other fields that, that require a lot of knowledge, you have got to stand before a board and take a test. They want to see if you can be shaken because if you can be shaken, you don't deserve the diploma. Am I right or wrong? So this is very important for this message. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken that has created things so that that which cannot be shaken may remain. Why do we need faith in these trying times, these difficult times, these dark situations? And I want you to hear me when I tell you <clears throat> there's some things coming on the earth that we better be ready for and prepared for because the powers that be have made a determination that we're going to go through those difficult times. It has nothing to do with me nor you. It's powers that are far above us. It doesn't mean that we couldn't do it better. It's just that we're not in a position to do it. But hear me when I tell you, you see the gas prices starting to soar. And they're getting higher and higher. And so understand as that happens also, I looked at something my cousin wrote in California of all the catastrophes and things that have happened in the food industry, in the food market. And let me just tell you what's about to happen. If something doesn't turn around, we're going to have a famine. So the reason I'm ministering this way is to tell you, you better get prepared and you better stand in hope and faith because you're going to need this. I'm going to need it. My family's going to need it. And they need to hear what God is trying to say to the church. Why do we need faith for those trying times? Because everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And here's my word for you today. Just make sure. You're not shook from the tree. Because when the fruit is shook from the tree, it quits growing. It quits getting nourishment. It quits getting life. See, you may be shaken by certain things, but you'll not be removed. So then I started thinking about Galatians 5.16 and all this going through my mind. This I say, then walk in the spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You have to walk in the spirit. Then in Galatians 5.25, it says, if you live in the spirit. Let us also walk in the Spirit. If you're going to walk, if you're going to talk Spirit, you've got to walk Spirit. He's saying through the scriptures to walk in the Spirit. How can we keep from being shaken so that we're removed from the vine? We're literally removed from our nourishment. It takes something far greater than what we have in the natural. It takes this word called faith. How can you walk in something you cannot see? He says, walk in the Spirit, you cannot see it. But you cannot see a hurricane either. Say, yes, I can. No, you can't. You see the the results of it. You see it moving clouds or you see it moving dust a tornado. You don't see the air, but it's a mighty force. So how can you walk in something that you cannot see? Something that you don't experience physically, yet he's saying walk in the spirit. You have to understand this. You have to have this little word called faith in order to walk in that which he says is the Spirit because you can't see it. But it's there. It's alive. It's active. You have to have faith to walk this walk of faith, a faith that allows you to see those things that are blinded to the carnal mind. See, the flesh mind, the carnal mind, it's blinded to those things of the Spirit. That's why sometimes can't go with the voices that are around you because the voices around you will try to deter you try to keep you from doing what is right they'll tell you you don't need to be a part of church you don't need to be a part of what God is doing and I'm going to tell you they're in error they're wrong because the church of Jesus Christ helps build you from level to level dimension to dimension from faith to faith you need it I need it as much as I know the scriptures I needed to walk in here this morning and sit and listen to the word and feel the worship of God come forth. Because where there is no worship and praise, there is no God. He says, I inhabit the praises of my people. So how do we know that God's going to show up? It's when we praise him. And praise is far more than just singing a song. It's something that comes forth from your heart. And so the, mind, the carnal mind blinds us to the ability of what God has said you can have, Valerie. Our carnal mind tells us we can't do it. Our carnal mind says we can't have it. But I want to talk about a faith today that really and truly can change things. And as we build on this from week to week, and as God adds to it, as he will, I know that he will, I want us to walk in that supernatural power of God, a faith that will take us to a new level of understanding, a faith that will take us to a greater dimension to where we understand those things that's been held in darkness A faith that will allow us to see the hidden things or the secret things of God. A faith that will take us from the earthy to the heavenly, the terrestrial to the celestial. I don't know about you, but I want that. A faith that will cause you to walk from the natural into the supernatural. If the church has ever needed a supernatural move of God, the church needs it now. Well, let me say this. Maybe that's a misquote. It's not the church that needs it. It's the people that inhabit this building that needs it. Because the Bible said many are called, but few are chosen. But the real church doesn't need it. It's those people that go to church that are not the church that really need it. You know, just because you say you're a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you say you're a child of God does not make you a child of God any more than going to Burger King makes you a burger. I mean, it's just fact. I can say that I'm a surgeon. That doesn't make me a surgeon. I mean, I can say a lot of things, but it doesn't mean anything until you've accomplished it. I need a faith today. You need a faith as we go through some of the difficult times. And this message is so appropriate for this hour. A faith that's absent of fear and doubt. I'm not fearful. I'm not doubting. I know that God is in control. When a circumstance says no, faith says absolutely. When when circumstance and different things around you say no, faith says watch this. Remember when you had difficulty with, with, some of you here were trying to get a child into your home. I'm trying to remember some of the people that, that worked really diligently with the system trying to, to, to gain a child into their home. And God helped them. We cannot forget the times that God helped. How many people in here today, God has helped you and healed you at some time? How many would say that God has prospered you at times? Well, My goodness. We should be shouting and running and dancing and thanking God today. This place is filled with promises. I mean, think about it. What we've done, we've become ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You start seeing people that are trained for certain things, but they never get into the actually in the reality of doing it. Can you imagine being trained all the years you were trained, Doc, and never, ever giving a shot? and never prescribing a drug, or never looking at a patient, but you've got all the credentials, but you have no practice. And that's what Christians have done. Gerald, I mean, just think about it. That's what Christians have done. We have no practice. We have got to, the people sitting here today, we have the ability to rock this world. If Jesus can take 11, and one of them was the devil, and rock the world, what could we do? And let me say this, this is your free part. If you quit blaming others for your problem and you start taking responsibility, we'll go a lot further. Amen. Amen. I can't preach a sermon today and and tell you how you've messed my sermon up. Boy, if Gerald had just smiled at me a little more, I could have preached better. If he'd have just said amen. No, no, the fault is on the person standing at the lectern. Right here. The buck stops right here. Either I make it happen or it doesn't happen. Are you right? So we start taking personal responsibility. So we have got to, if we're going to train, then we're going to have to do something with our training. We may know all the techniques and some of people know all the techniques of prayer. And, but the real test of the knowledge of what we have learned in anything that we are studying will come with when the instructor steps aside and you take your place. And you start to do what God's asked you to do, Amen? Amen. Then we will see if we're prepared. All seems well because we have such great head knowledge. Head knowledge is a wonderful thing, but you've got to have you have to you've got to have some experience. See, I don't need my doctor. I'm, I'm going I'll weigh on him today. I'll lean on him. I don't need him. Why? Because I got Google. I mean, I don't need Dr. Collier. I've got Google. If I'm sick, I'm just going to Google. Now, how many people know that Google's going to say what Google wants to say and has no? there's no practicing person there diagnosing your situation? You're diagnosing yourself. I mean, that's a fact. I'm not saying don't Google. Google what you want to Google, but that's like a lawyer. I'm Googling, and I might, I might, it may tell me something that I may be way off on. There has to be some experience. What we need Is Christians that have experience more than head knowledge. Because when it comes time for the test, and believe me, it will come. When it comes time to the test, what they do, we just throw up our hands and say, I can't do it anymore. Why? Because it's not a part of your nature to make it. It's not a part of your nature to overcome. It's not a part of your spiritual nature. Why? Because it's head knowledge and it's not gotten into your heart. I'm going to try to teach all of us. And as I go through this, within myself, I start to learn, Elijah, more and more. How to be an overcomer. How many people want to be an overcomer? How many people want to gain victory? How many people don't walk this walk of the Spirit? Then it comes through that one little word called faith. And faith seems easy, but it's not. Can you even imagine Daniel being thrown into the lion's den? Him saying, I mean... I was thinking about myself being thrown into a lion's den. When I'm on the menu. Am I gonna be afraid? Am I gonna you say, well, I wouldn't be afraid, praise God, God's with me. Now come on, let's be real. You're about to be thrown into the lion's den. See, faith seems easy until you face the den. And I could preach a whole message on that right there. What den are you facing? Because that den's important. I may not face the same den you're facing, Doc or Dolores. Denise, I may not face that den, but I'm telling you, we're all facing a den. You want victory, but before we can obtain victory, we must define what we're striving for. What are we striving for? What is it really, Floyd? It's really and truly the walk of faith. You can't walk in the Spirit until you walk in faith, because you can't see the Spirit, so faith lets you see What you cannot see. Just because the doctor says this can't happen does not mean God can't bring it to pass. How many people remember back, I forgot how many years ago it was, the economy went very bad. And I stopped this realtor and I said, I want to say this to you. I know what the economy is doing, but in the midst of this, you're going to grow and flourish. And in the midst of it, everything that person touched flourished. Their own testimony. We need the principles of faith. We need to understand them. And for these principles to work, it has to be based on, Floyd, guess what? The Word of God. That's why I'm teaching. Because we get beyond ourselves and we start listening to false doctrine and people that we don't even know the Word trying to tell us how to live by faith. And then they'll tell us, if you had faith, this wouldn't have happened to you. How many people know that's a lie? The Lord said, if you'd have had faith, that wouldn't have happened to you. They're telling a lie. They're speaking a non-truth. Why? Because I can show you greats in the Bible that things happened to them, and they had more faith than we've got. The faith message, when I talk about the faith message, has been misunderstood. Because people who say, they'll tell you there's nothing in that message. There's nothing about faith that works. I've tried it and it doesn't work. We have to gain faith through something and that something is everything. It's called the word of God. Here's that verse that I preached so many times 10 years ago. Romans ten seventeen. Can you imagine it's been 10 years? So then faith comes by hearing. No other way but through the spoken word. You have to hear it and hearing by the word of God. That's the simple verse in the new international version in Romans ten seventeen says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. No matter how it comes. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. So say this with me, no word, no faith because it takes the word in order, in order for faith to really work in our lives. We have to apply the principles of faith. It has to be done. And this is where most of us fail. We have failed in the application of the principles of faith. What do you mean? Some have said, if I have faith, everything's going to work out all right. But we know, and I have faith, there's no problem going to come in my life. How many people know that's not true? When people say that if you have faith, everything's going to work out, you're not going to have any problems. And then here comes a problem knocks us off our feet. And then what do we say that don't really know? Well, there's nothing to this thing called faith. I'll go as far as to say I don't know anyone that is alive that doesn't have problems. Even if they've got a great amount of faith. Why would I say that? Because the more you walk, the closer you walk to Jesus, I'm going to tell you, the enemy understands that walk. And he doesn't want you to get close to Jesus. That's why there will be deception will come in. People will come in whispering in your ear. People try to pull you out of, of your life source. People try to pull you out of the house of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, never allow anyone to pull you out of something that they themselves cannot save you. Did you hear what I just said? Never allow anyone to pull you out of anything that they themselves cannot save you from. God has given you, say me. He's given us a way to combat the storms of life. He really has. Because Jesus actually is in the boat with us. You remember the story. Jesus spoke to the storm. And when he speaks to the storm, there will be victory. How many of you need Jesus to speak in your storm? Well, let me tell you, that takes faith. And then we've taken faith When we've gone through the process, we try to reduce it to a formula. If I pray three times, I fast one time, then God's going to do this for me. How many people know God don't care how many times you fast or how many times you pray? Fasting is for me. Prayer is for me because God already knows. Think about that for a second. Well, then why am I praying? Because it takes faith to say, God, I know that you know. I know that you understand. There's some things I don't understand that's happening in our lives. My wife, myself, different things that we've done and trying to accomplish. And things happen and I don't understand it. But it's not for me to understand. It's for me to say, hey, God, you've got this. You have it, Lord. You're in control. You're in charge. And that's what faith is all about. I cannot reduce it to a formula. And some have tried to make it a formula. So we're going to learn together how to take hold of this thing called real faith tangible faith a faith that's properly applied by truth look at this verse proverbs 16 verse 21 the bible says the wise in heart shall be called prudent and the sweetness of the lips increases learning in the new international version of proverbs 16 21 it says the wise in heart are called discerning and gracious words promote instruction there are certain people that when they get a hold of a certain truth now watch this this is what has hurt and hindered the message of christ Christians, what? Not the enemy, not those that are worshiping the devil. It's Christians. What do you mean? Well, let me give you this. When they get hold of a truth or a certain message, they base everything they have on that truth, and they'll not listen to any other aspect, no other thought. It has nothing to do with the Word of God. The reason we're turning people off is because of our attitude. It's not the Word of God. The Word of God is truth. We turn people off because of our attitude. I walk up to you and slap you in the face and say, praise God, I love you. Now, does that really mean anything to you? But people start thinking because they've got a little truth that they, they, they've got it all. And we don't have it all. And we start approaching people with our arrogance and, and we turn people off. They don't want to walk in our faith because they see nothing in our faith. Listen, I would much rather you see my faith than me tell you about my faith. I'd rather you see what God is doing in me than me tell you what God is doing in me. See, this whole message is going to build us all up. Because I believe when the storms of life are raging, we're going to have to have the ability to say, it doesn't matter what comes my way, God is my source. God is my strength. God is my ability. So we get so dogmatic about a truth until we just keep turning people off. I mean, to tell you, there's some right now that are teaching some things that really, why don't they just teach the love of God that changes lives? But there's people that have not considered the whole word of God. And it's all summed up in love. So if we're going to teach a truth, it has to be done how then? What did I just say? If I'm going to teach you a truth, how do I have to do it? I have to do it in love. If not, you'll never learn it. You'll turn me off. Because of this, I want you to know today, Dean, faith is something you must develop. Faith is something you must exercise. You do understand that everything we do has got to be a form of exercising our faith. What do you mean, Bishop? I am leaning on you today to pray for me, Bishop, that I can be blessed. Really? Well, if you're waiting for me to bless you, you're messed up. Let me show you how it works. It takes you. It takes me, it takes God dwelling in us and us agreeing together for there to be a promise brought forth. Why do I want to teach this message? Because I honestly believe that when the evil storm of life comes, you're going to say, thank you, Jesus. I've learned something and I'm not fearful any longer. I'm not afraid. So God today must be glorified we must give him glory and this walk of the spirit can only be accomplished through this word called faith and you can't see it you can't tangibly touch it but it's there it's real he said have faith in God have faith in God